Hi, my name is Vicky Huang. Hi, my name is Ang Lee. Welcome to our podcast, Lost Slurp, where two working journalists talk about everything from China, Korean dramas, and Asian food to working in journalism. I hope you enjoy our weekly chit chat. Please hit that subscribe button if you want to stay in touch. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Lost Slurp podcast. I'm your host, Ang. Hi everyone. This is your co-host Vicky. Today we have Emily Kang, a restaurateur and entrepreneur. She's the owner of a Chinese restaurant that both Vicky and I are obsessed with, which features Chinese dry pot. Welcome to the podcast, Emily. Yes, absolutely. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Emily, for coming onto the podcast.、Um, we're very excited for our conversation that we're going to have with you. But before we dive into today's podcast,、uh, let's、uh, start our dish of the week,、uh, aka Chulama segment. So, what was the best dish that you had over the past week, Emily?、Uh, it's not necessarily a dish; it's more like a snack.、Um, we were doing recipe testing for、uh, one of my new projects. The new the project is called Ghost Bar, and we were、um, coming up with Valentine specials. Uh, so the the bartender Lee Berger he came up with this, this idea of a boozy peanut butter sandwich where we、uh, we did housemade peanut butter and we washed、uh, bourbon with the peanut butter and then we we took that peanut butter and made a sandwich with、uh, strawberry jelly and toast and it was really good. <laughs> That sounds really delicious. Is this gonna be featured、uh, at your restaurant? It's gonna be featured at Ghost Bar, which is separate from Mala Project.、Um, I can talk about it later in a little bit、uh, more depth. But it's essentially a delivery、uh, service that offers bottled cocktail for delivery. That sounds awesome.、Uh, I can't wait to order that from from this restaurant of yours.、Um, <laughs> so.、Um, Vicky, what about you?、Uh, what did you cook up in your kitchen this week? Yeah, that sounds really delicious. A ghost bar. I can just imagine、um, ordering it every day. Um, <laughs> um, so for me,、uh, this week, I, this past week, I had、uh, sundubu ramen, which is a recipe I learned from one of the one of my favorite food YouTubers.、Uh, so basically, it's a really simple recipe, and the way you go about it is to Pour some、uh, sesame oil in a pot, and then you add some garlic,、uh, scallions, and、uh, one tablespoonful of gochugaru, and then you stir fry a little bit, and then add one cup of water, wait for it to boil, and then add、um, uh, half a tube of Korean silken tofu that you can get at H Mart, and then、uh, you wait for that to boil, and then again you add a half、uh, pack of、uh, ramen, whether it's shin ramen or other ramen. And then you wait for it to boil, and then you crack an egg on top, add some pepper,、uh, and then again some、uh, scallions, and then、uh, it's a really delicious bowl of、uh, ramen. But it also tastes like sunubu, so it's just really amazing. I highly encourage you guys to try it out. And what about you, An?、Um, what was、uh, your favorite dish of the past week? Um, so for me,、uh, I actually made、uh, this. 
Korean American staple uh, this past week. Uh, it's called Korean uh, corn cheese. Uh, so basically what you need is, you know, like a can of corn kernels. Um, you need mayonnaise, you need sugar, pepper, salt, uh, you know, all this pretty like basic ingredient that you can find, you know, in your kitchen. Um, and you basically just melt the butter uh, in an oven proof skillet. You add the corn mixture that you have and saute that until just warm uh, and use a wooden spoon to press it down like to a single layer, the corn to a single layer. You just add cheese on top and put it like in the in the oven uh, and to melt the cheese a little bit and the corn a little bit as well. And basically you just take that out of the oven after three to four minutes and sprinkle scallions on top, like chopped scallions on top. It's really a really great dish because it's really savory uh, and also a little bit sweet. So it's like a perfect appetizer. So thank you so much, Emily, again, um, for joining us today. Uh, can you introduce yourself a little bit to our listeners and one of your signature dish, uh, Mala Project, at one of your restaurants? Uh, because I feel like a lot of people in America, they might know about hot pot, but they might not be quite familiar with dry pot. So that'd be great. Yeah. Uh, so hi, everyone. My name is Ning Kang. I go by Emily as well. Um, I'm a restaurant owner in New York City. I moved to America uh, 10 years ago. So this last year, I just had my 10 year anniversary in America. Um, one of my restaurant and actually my first restaurant is called Mala Project. And we specialize in a dish called Mala Dry Pot, which is uh, basically a communal dish where you can choose your ingredients for the pot. Um, from a list of over 70 different ingredients uh, ranging from uh, pork belly to chicken wings to fish ball and a lot of uh, good vegetable options like lotus root, wood ear, um, king mushroom. And um, the kitchen, the chefs will prepare the ingredients uh, on in a wok with a ton of spices. We actually use over 24 different spices and uh, chili pepper, chili paste. We stir fry it real quick and we serve it to the table. So it's a very good, it's a very versatile dish where you can have a small pot of three to five ingredients for yourself as like a lunch special, or you can share it with a larger group and of friends and family. So yeah, it's it, you can customize the spicy level from like not spicy at all to spicy and obviously always you have the chili oil on the side as an option as well. That sounds so delicious and uh, it just helps me uh, take a walk down the memory lane because Al and I used to go to Mala Project all the time and we get all these um, pork belly, chicken wings and chicken gizzard, all these vegetables and just having yes. the most fun of our lives, but it just seems like such a long time ago. Um, but yeah, we would love definitely. to hear, you know, how did you come to uh, co-found and open the first Mala project in 2016? Because um, before then, I, we really couldn't find a good place to have, a, you know, good dry pot in New York City. I was very surprised when I first moved to America, um, by the fact that there weren't a lot of dry pot restaurants. Actually, I, I couldn't really find any dry pot restaurants uh, when I first moved here. 
I came here to study culinary arts at the CIA. Um, and every weekend, basically, I would come down to New York City and we, uh, me and my friends would go to different restaurants. But back then, there was a very limited, there were very limited options of Chinese restaurants and uh, let alone something so specific. Um, dry pot is a dish I used to eat every single week, uh, almost on the weekends with my family, we would just go and have a big bowl of dry pot and share it between the four or five of us. So pretty surprised. And after graduation, I was working at a restaurant called China Blue. And after a while, it just came to the time where I decided that it was time to do something um, on my own. And so me and the me and my partners and also my really close friends it was four of us we decided to open up a dry pot restaurant because there's um we just couldn't find it here thank you so much for sharing that story uh i think it's really interesting because you know like these like i think very successful uh ventures you know, and the business owners like always like find the gap between or gap in the market. Uh, and that's how, you know, like they're able to like become like successful in that way. Um, so I'm really happy for you uh, and that you found, you know, that dry pot, you know, was missing kind of from the culinary scene uh, in New York City. In pre-pandemic, you know, like I believe many Mala Project diners as included, uh, we love the dining atmosphere at Mala Project. What was you and your co-founders' visions uh, in terms of designing the interiors of your restaurants? We basically wanted to create the ambience that us as young Chinese uh, students or just young people, um, we wanted to have a nice Chinese restaurants where we can have parties at, where we can go to have a romantic dinner at. Uh, back then, it was a lot of Chinese restaurants did offer really quality food, but I think the ambience was what was missing and as well as service. So there was a gap between the quality of the ambience and the quality of the food. So coming from the culinary background, we just think it didn't really make sense to not have a nice romantic Chinese restaurant in the city, in New York City. Um, so that's what we wanted to create. And we all grew up in the 90s. So we're naturally drawn to the 90s vibe and the, um, the pop culture back then. Um, so that became a very big element of our, of our design. Yeah, I really uh, like the design. And uh, we, we really uh, enjoyed dining um, at Mala Project, not just because of the delicious food there uh, and then the beverages from our childhood and uh, but also um, the, the atmosphere uh, inside the restaurant um, and even the the Instagram account of Mala Project uh, also gives off that kind of 90s vibe so <laughs> I definitely think you did a great job um, you know we heard that although now but neither of us have been to um, that other restaurant of yours but we we know that in 2017 you open tomorrow, which is like, you know, a fast casual joint in the financial district where the offerings are more like homemade Chinese dishes or cafeteria Chinese food, you know, such as, uh, you know, our home staples, uh, tomatoes and eggs. Uh, I was wondering, uh, can you share how did you come up with the idea for uh, opening that restaurant? 
So yeah, growing up in Chinese uh, high school and elementary school, we we always have very big cafeteria, and that's very um you know nostalgic for us. Um, the cafeterias in Chinese schools are very they they provide you know some of the highest quality food very often even better than the restaurants um they always have a lot of options of different dishes um i grew up in the in the north part of china um uh, close to beijing so we have a lot of dishes like tomato and eggs beef potato stew it's not very common to find dishes like this in new york or at least a couple of years ago, they lean towards Sichuanese cuisine uh, a lot. So for tomorrow, I wanted to have a very no frill, down to earth lunch go to spot where people can have a variety of dishes with very low price. Um, and the format of choosing any three dishes with a base, it's also inspired by these uh, school cafeterias back in China. That's really, really interesting. Thank you for sharing, uh, you know, in your inspiration for opening up this fast casual joint. Um, I, to be honest, like before we started recording, me and Vicky, you know, we were talking about how much we miss like the tomatoes and eggs, um, you know, like these Chinese, like staple Chinese homemade dishes. Um, and I have to say that growing up, like, you know, in China as well, the cafeteria food, it's probably, you know, like what I miss the most these days. You know, I had mm. um, bang bang uh, mian, like the bang bang noodle, like the best bang bang noodle probably <laughs> at my college uh, campus cafeteria. You know, those food brings back a lot of like great memories and Vicky and mm. I can't wait to go to tomorrow. Uh, check it out. Like, you know, once, uh, you know, like things are a little bit safer. Um, I, I- I was just going to say tomorrow's actually closed because of pandemic. Oh no, yeah. that's the one. Oh, that's the one. It's actually before pandemic. I, uh, last end of 2019, we rebranded tomorrow because it, it wasn't working out, unfortunately, for, for various reasons. And we rebranded to Chubby Princess um, in February uh, 2020, which is uh, just a month before pandemic hit so we after that we just um closed that space overall oh I'm really sorry to hear that um and it's okay it's you know it's what it is but it's a great concept uh sorry about that it's a great concept um and um yeah it's just brought up so much memories uh for me too I really miss my high school cafeteria and and I remember back in the day that uh, my family would even say that, you know, whenever you go home for the weekend, it will be like, oh, you're finally getting to have some good Chinese food. But I always thought that the cafeteria food is even better. So I just think yeah. it's a great concept. Uh, please definitely bring it back out again after the pandemic. <laughs> Thanks, Alchai. Yeah, one day, hopefully. I think that also leads me into like, you know, the next question, you know, like, because we all know the pandemic uh, has really devastated the restaurant industry. So what was it like, you know, weathering through this unprecedented crisis as a restaurant owner? It's definitely very hard. And I think the hardest part is not even to keep up with the rent or paying our vendors. It's the fact that we had to let 
let so many of our staff go and so many of them have been with us since day one. You know, it's been five years and Mala Project has been around for five years and they've been uh, around for Mala Project for just as long. And because of the situation, we just have, we have to cut so many staff and that definitely, that's very hard for, for us. But I know at the same time, everybody's working really hard, who, whoever that is working at Mala Project, you know, they, they all work really hard to keep our doors open. Um, so I'm definitely very grateful. At least we're, you know, we're, we're still around and we really feel really lucky to be able to do that. Um, I know so many of really, really great restaurants have closed their doors because of the pandemic and it's, just uh, a little bit heartbreaking for sure we're so sorry um to hear about that um but you know uh, i'm i'm sure that you know a lot of us are still so in love with mana project uh as a restaurant and in fact um when i last visited new york city um on that and another one of our best friends from um journalism school we Order Mala Project as our kind of a last meal before I returned um, to oh. Michigan, where I'm based now um, since the pandemic. Thank you. Um, yeah. yeah, so maybe uh, can you share with us how um, Mala Project is operating uh, right now in the midst of the pandemic in terms of the delivery and how, how is it um, operating right now? We're offering takeout, delivery, and outdoor dining. Uh, luckily for East Village location, we have uh, we have a garden and we also have the patio on the sidewalk. Whereas for the Midtown location, we only have three tables on the sidewalk. So it's definitely you know a little bit di different situation. But our customers are just so supportive, and we we are able to keep our doors open because. Um, you know, people are still coming through and sometimes even if they have to wait in the cold for a little bit, they they still do that. So we definitely feel very grateful for that. And business is not great in, in any means, but I don't think it, we as a team is letting that affect us in a lot of ways. I think people are more focused on just making sure we are doing all the sanitation procedures. Even if you have to keep a distance from the customers, you still have to make sure you're still you're offering the same um, quality service. That totally makes sense, and I'm glad that you guys are able to pivot a little bit uh, and you know still keep your doors open during this difficult time. Um, and I want to kind of go into like the next question, you know, asking you for your wisdom. Uh, as an entrepreneur, you know, because you're only in your 20s and, you know, you already own like multiple restaurants in New York City. Um, to what do you attribute your success uh, and, you know, like your journey so far? I, I think I'm very, very lucky in a way that I, I encountered so many great people. At first from my partners, um, people say having a great partnership is like having a a uh, perfect marriage it's not easy to find the perfect partners to work with and 
I was able to work with my best friends for our graphic design and our PR and branding. You were mentioning the design of Smala Project, and I I can't take too many credits for that. I think you know my best friend did our graphic design, and another one did our branding, and where they contributed so many um, of their insight into the social media and the design of the brand. Um, and then we just have a really nice team of people who um, have the similar vision um, as me. We somehow we were able to work together for so many years, and still to this day, um, you know, my my managers they have been just working so hard even before the pandemic. They they were just working so hard for our project and um, our chef too. So I was lucky to be able to have so many people around me that are just really talented, hardworking people. Besides that, you have to work just as hard to um, in return so that you can you know be alongside with them. So. I think that definitely uh, contributed the, uh, a very big part to Mala Project's success. Yeah, I, I definitely see what you're saying. You know, working with your best friends is definitely a, a luxury. Uh, just because when Al and I are doing this podcast, we just have so much fun out of it. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it yeah. is because we are such good friends. And uh, it's almost like um, it's not like working. So I, I definitely see what you're talking about. Uh, thank yeah. you for sharing that. Um, you know, another question we really would love to get your thoughts on is that, you know, we would credit my project with um, introducing dry pot, kind of not a very mainstream uh, Chinese food to the uh, American audience. You um, really popularized dry pot as a, a type of very delicious Chinese food. So I was wondering, what is your view on, you know, the American Chinese food, which I'm sure... Uh, if you haven't had them, you probably saw them around a lot, you know, like the General Tso's chicken and orange chicken and, you know, that type of food. I think they serve a really big part in popularizing Chinese cuisine in America. They definitely, you know, for the longest time, that was that was the idea, um, you know, Americans have of Chinese food and without the fusion dishes, there's no way for the Americans to get a peak of Chinese cuisine. And now after uh, generous, generous house chicken, after the chicken wings and orange chicken, um, you know, all of those traditional Chinese American uh, takeout restaurants, now people are kind of like, okay, what else is there? Let's see, let's see if the Chinese are eating these dishes uh, in China. If not, what what are they eating? So they definitely, I think they, it, they served a big part in educating the market and then just serving as a bridge. I personally, I, I haven't had them very, uh, very much, but I think if I were to say like they're perfect for hangovers and like if it's good, it's good. I was just talking to a really close friend of mine a couple of days ago, like where do you find a good generous house chicken? And he gave me some insights on how to pick out those smart restaurants and like how to where to get a really good generous house chicken. So it's interesting and I'm I'm very open to trying them 
That's really interesting. Um, I and as you mentioned, you know, like I think the um American like perspective or view of like Chinese food uh have definitely been changing because before it was like you know dishes like General Tao's chicken and also orange chicken, but now like I think people are definitely like more open to trying like the. I wouldn't say like the real authentic food, but like more like the the Chinese food that's actually you know what people eat in China at the moment. So how do you think Chinese restaurants and like Chinese food will evolve in America? Like you know where it's where are they headed、uh, in the next few years? Um, I think I read this somewhere. They were saying I think it was an either article、um, that the Chinese food is going to be more. Regionalized in in America, and I you can already see the trends of that. There's、uh, misian,、um, and there's like a very specific dish like guacue, where it's just、uh, a giant、um, a a giant big dough with、um, different fillings inside, and、uh, it's crispy on the outside. It's very、uh, tender and chewy on the inside. It's People are doing not just one specific regional cuisine; they're doing a very specific dish. So I'm definitely very excited to see more and more of those traditional Chinese dishes evolving in New York. And I think besides the food, a lot of restaurateurs are also focusing on the design and service and ambience,、um, as well as the locations. Um, people are going outside of Chinatown. People are going、um, everywhere, West Village, Union Square. So that's very exciting to see.、Um, hopefully, we can bring Chinese cuisine to more streets of New York and then the whole country. I'm sure Chinese cuisine is gonna expand pretty quickly throughout the city. That's what I hope as well. For Al and I, you know, we all have our and my some of our closest friends. We've been to Mala Project so many times that we all have our favorite, you know, must order ingredients for our dry pot. You know, I always order pork belly, and Al's favorite is the inaki mushroom. You know, what about you? What are your favorite dry pot ingredients? And do you have any recommendations for diners? You know, what are some of the must order ingredients for the Mala Project dry pot? Uh, fish fillet is very, very, very good.、Um, I always go for fish fillet and wood ear mushroom, which is crunchy and it like picks up a lot of flavor. Konjac noodles, which is this、um, like crunchy noodles that tie in a knot, and because of the shape, it also picks up a lot of flavors.、Um, I think, obviously, like some of the more common items like、uh, sliced beef. And、um, chicken wings, and just a ton of mushrooms. The chicken wings are also one of my favorite as well, and that's like also one of like my favorite thing about like this dish. You know, like the mala dry pot is that、mm. you don't have to argue with your friend like what you're gonna order, right? Like you、yeah. can just go order like what you really want, and then make it like in the same pot of like really good, like wholesome, like the mala flavor.、Um, yeah, yeah. So I've been actually trying to make homemade dry pot during quarantine. You know, using、mm. the mala dry pot sauces I buy from、mm. Yummy Buy, which is you know this like Asian、uh, grocery e-commerce site.、Mm. 
Um, but they're just not as good as the Mala Project ones. Like, are you guys coming up with like sauces as well, like that you can like maybe sell like during this time of like you know pivoting like you know like your your business? You know, so many people have asked us that, and we really looked into doing something similar. It's just very hard to recreate a Mala dry pot sauce um, because you know there's. Uh, very a lot of different layers involved. We use um, mala oil and um, uh, the mala sauce and uh, the mala paste. So there are different layers to it. And as for mala dry pot, we don't want to create a sauce where if the diner can't make it as well as um, what is supposed to be, then might as well not do it. Um, so that's our belief, but we did come up with a line of uh, hot sauce where um, we have four different flavors from spicy beef, spicy mushroom, five spice tofu, and soy pork, uh, where you can basically, we call it all-purpose sauce. Uh, it's great for if you want to put it on noodles or with dumpling or like make a fried rice with it, or even put it on a steak or go with the, uh, go with eggs. They're just so good and a lot of flavor too and i think just um cooking wise it's very like a foolproof easygoing sauce that's much more pantry and home friendly uh, so we do have that uh, and and it can be purchased through our website um but i think for mala dry pad it's gonna still take a a, a couple more years of like uh r d <laughs> if we want to package it. So one of the last uh, few questions uh, we have for you, Emily, is just because, um, you know, even uh, with all your ventures, the restaurants um, you've co-founded in New York City, and um, even during the pandemic, pivoting to kind of making products for Mala Project, uh, it's definitely very entrepreneurial. So, you know, at a very high level, we wanted to ask you, what are some of your biggest obstacles as well as proudest moments as an entrepreneur and do you have any advice for young people who just want to make it in New York City? I, I think it's definitely a, a very high compliment. I don't think I'm, I'm I'm still very I'm not very comfortable with that to be honest because I don't think we've made it yet. Um, we're still pretty young in terms of how long the company has been around and um no matter what we're we're still just a two and a half restaurant group um where you know we have two restaurant locations and, and we're building the third mala project um we actually signed the lease before the pandemic and and hopefully we can open soon um but i think in terms of the the proudest moments is whenever we, um, bef before pandemic, we used to do this thing called lineup. And that's my favorite time of the day where we uh, got together and, and we just sit at a round table, talk about like service or something interesting, sometimes like a silly things, sometimes a game, um, just to spend some time together with, with the, with the team. Um, every time I'm, 
around for the lineup and seeing everyone just sitting there and laughing and talking that's or like sometimes it'll be very serious sometimes it's mundane but it doesn't matter it just makes me feel very good and then definitely throughout the years there's you know the the closing of tomorrow and then the closing of chubby tomorrow never really really picked up and it never made its way through uh, Wall Street area like the way I wanted to um, so it was a little bit heartbreaking to see um, people walk in the door and seeing like for example we had this cold dish um, of pork kidney with uh, tiger pepper and it's so good because the texture is chewy and like very refreshing but people get turned off and even pickier salad people get turned off by a little bit um, so that was pretty hard and like we were holding on to it for definitely much longer than I should. But, you know, we had a, we had some good memories uh, from doing the restaurant and there's no regret, obviously. So I think a good advice is that I, de I definitely learned a lot more from tomorrow than um, from Mala Project because it was a, a failure and I'm very... Um, to this day, I'm, I'm very comfortable to admit that. I think if you were to fail, you uh, that's what my mom always say. If you were to fail, you should definitely try to fail when, while you're young. So don't be afraid to do and uh, anything that you want to do, like go try different things that you want to try and it fails. So what? You still have like 60 more years to go. So the more you experience now, the the more prepared you are um, for the future when you can't afford to lose so much. Um, so I guess that's my biggest takeaway. I'm actually turning 30 this year. So um, just a little bit nervous like everybody, um, but what's coming next would be pretty exciting. That's very exciting. And um, congratulations on turning 30. I always think that, you know, like things become a little bit, I don't know, like not necessarily like easier, but like, I think most people I know in their thirties, like have a better mentality than like people in their twenties uh, in terms of like, you know, their career and all, all that. So um, congratulations. And I'm really excited for you. And that's a really great lesson. I think really inspiring for me to hear uh, as well to kind of like wrap up this episode, um, what can we do to help like great restaurants like Mala Project through these, you know, this difficult time? I think the simplest thing to do is that if you were to order takeout or delivery, order it through the restaurant's uh, own website um, so that they can avoid having to pay uh, a very high commission. Um, and that definitely helps out a lot. Um, but at the same time, I, I know not just the restaurant workers are suffering, a lot of people from other industries are suffering. So, you know, people are not going out as much and that's, that's the way it is, that's the way it is, that's expected. So if you did have the luxury to go out, um, you know, maintain a, a safe distance from the workers and put your mask on when your server is approaching the table. It's just tiny things and it really makes their day um, just because like a, a simple gesture like, 
you know, stepping out of the way when the server's carrying your food or just putting your mask on when somebody is talking to you at the table. Small things like that, they really notice and it, it makes a very big difference uh, to their serving experience. And it never hurts to drop a line to their uh, private mailbox and just let them know that you appreciate them. We, we actually just got a call yesterday from a regular of ours and she just it she she just called to say uh, to say thank you and it was it, it just the sweetest thing and and the the manager who picked up the phone and she she posted it uh, she she let everyone know in the group chat um and it just made my night and i'm sure it made a lot of um of our team members night so just simple things like that really helped and hopefully, you know, everybody's maintaining a safe distance from each other and um, stay home as much as possible and just uh, be safe. That's awesome. Thank you so much for sharing. And I think it's, as you said, it's really the small gestures these days, you know, that makes the biggest difference. Uh, you know, be considerate to each other, uh, wear your mask uh, and keep a safe distance, you know, like kind of just protecting each other uh, at your mm -hmm. best uh, capability. Um, yep. And thank you so much again for joining us today. I really enjoyed our conversation and uh, it just made me even more homesick and also missing like uh, the good food, the, the great, you know, dry pot from the Mile Project. Thank you guys. Thank you, Emily. Thanks for having me. I, I had a lot of fun too. Thank you everyone for tuning in to this episode of the Lausler podcast. You can follow us on Instagram or Twitter. Um, please also follow Mala Project on their social media platforms uh, and order takeout from Mala Project if you can. <laughs>